It's the WP Minute special episode today as we syndicate Matt Cromwell and Kim Coleman's WP Product Talk show or Twitter space, as it's known. Uh, There is a new episode coming out today, live, of course, on Twitter spaces. I'll link that in the show notes. This is a recording of their first episode on monetizing free in the WordPress space. Give it a listen. Tune in to their Twitter space every time it goes live. If you do miss it, it'll be here in a recorded setting on the WB Minute. Thanks, Matt Cromwell. Thanks, Kim Coleman. Thank you, dear listener, if you want to support our effort. Go to buymeacoffee.com slash Report. You can donate as little as $5 for a digital coffee or join that Slack membership if you're looking for a new professional WordPress setting to talk WordPress news. Network with your peers. First, a quick message from one of our sponsors, Master WP. Hi, this is Rob Howard, the publisher of Master WP. As you know, one of our missions is to bring lots of new voices into WordPress and tech. That's why we're excited to announce our new Master WP workshop library with the goal of helping WordPress fans become WordPress experts. We've got a lineup of live and recorded sessions coming up in fall 2022. Check it out at workshops.masterwp.com and use the code WPMinute10 to get 10% off your registration. We'll see you there. Thanks, Rob. Here's the recording of Matt Cromwell, the number 785 Matt in WordPress, and Kim Coleman. How are you today? I am great. I just got off a crazy strategy planning call for Q4, so I'm definitely in WordPress product shop talk headspace. <laughs> nice. Yeah. That's perfect. I'm in a very similar headspace doing uh. very <laughs> Very similar activities. <laughs> and somehow Black Friday gets mixed in this whole shebang. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. And you all have, I'm going to fail on the name. You have that really great Black Friday product that you have. Yes, yes, Sitewide Sales. So it's a kind of a sales automation tool for WooCommerce, for EDD, and for Paid Memberships Pro. So particularly timely that we get talking more and more about it so that if people plan to use it, they can get up and running sooner. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I've always been watching that. That seems like a basically something that you built internally for your own purposes and then ended up productizing it. And it's been fun to watch it from the outside looking in as your new kind of pet product. Yes. Yeah, I'm doing a Woosesh talk about flash sales for WooCommerce. So it'll be it's coming up in early October, that event. So it'll be another place to kind of share what it does and, and why it's so, so supportive to large e-commerce sites. Yeah, absolutely. That's cool. Nice. Nice. We are already three minutes past the hour. Let's get it kicked off. Thank you everyone for being here so far. We'll see if some some more folks join, but I just want to give a little bit of an intro. I at some point was thinking, man, I would really love to be able to have more conversations out in public with folks who know what they're doing and have been around for a long time and doing WordPress stuff, all product-oriented things, and just talk about it in a space that everyone gets to join in and and enjoy. And I will say, I've just been very curious about Twitter spaces in general and like how they work and whether they're valuable or things like that. So I was like, let me just throw together like a product shop talk thing. And I'm really bad with names. Like I was stringing together like all the buzzwords, WP business, product, shop talk, Twitter space. This sounds like how nice. many? Keywords cram in there. I don't know. And I was like, but things like this are always better with a co-host. And 
Kim came top of mind because she does awesome work with Jason over at Paid Memberships Pro. And she was kind enough to be like, yeah, I'd love to do it. And we threw it together. Very kind of just off the hip, but timing was a little bit difficult <laughs> with traveling and WordCamp US and all kinds of stuff. But we were like, let's kick it off. Let's do eight sessions. Let's try to invite some guest hosts. And it all came together. Kim, thanks so much. Absolutely. It's, it's awesome. And I think a lot of product people create their own spaces, whether that's like a mastermind group or, or using channels like post status to kind of do these shop talk things. But I, I think making it more public and, and accessible through Twitter is an awesome concept. And I hope there's value gained by everyone listening. Yeah, absolutely. I did notice also it has the ability to record. So this is being recorded. And at some point during the, the, the time, we might invite other folks to chime in on stuff too. So just heads up that it is recorded and maybe I'm going to get scrappy and throw together some audio snippets and, and see if we can share some of those out in the world in the wild later. So if you haven't seen Kim's thread, she actually posted a thread with all of the topics and all of the guest hosts. And that is really instructive and helpful. So check that out and you'll see what we got in store over the next weeks, all the way into November, right up until shortly before Black Friday. So that's kind of fun timing. So that's a little bit of the overview and whatnot. Let's do some quick introductions. If you don't know, my name is Matt Cromwell. One of the co-founders of GiveWP, which last year was acquired by Liquid Web. We're now part of the Stellar WP family of brands. I do marketing and operations and technical support. And recently, as a segue to a small announcement, recently my partner Devin and I were asked to also take over the iThemes brand as well. Ooh. So we're now overseeing GiveWP and iThemes, which includes iThemes, Cadence WP, and Iconic WP. Um, that's been a fun new adventure recently, and there's a lot of things to talk about there in terms of how you go from free to paid there as well. So that's a little bit about me. Kim, you want to introduce yourself for everyone? Sure. I'm, I'm Kim Coleman. I've been building with WordPress, building products, building websites for over 15 years. Our, we have a flagship product, which is a membership plugin called Paid Memberships Pro. Our brand is Stranger Studios, so we have a few other plugins we manage and a theme we manage through that brand. And the newest product is Sitewide Sales. I talked about briefly at the beginning of this, um, which does sales automation for WooCommerce, for easy digital downloads, and for Paid Memberships Pro. Within our team, we have 15 people across the globe. We are independent. We aren't part of an, any other larger team. It's Jason and myself are the owners. Within our team, I wear a lot of hats. I do a lot of our front-end development. I support product direction. I support marketing efforts. Just chip in in all the places that you do when you are a founder. Totally. Yeah, I think that that's like a common thread all the time. Any <laughs> entrepreneur that I have met is like, what do I do? All the things. Yeah. I do all the things <laughs> in one form or another. Cool. We today are going to be talking about how to go from free to paid. How do you monetize free? And what I love about this subject in particular is specifically the expertise Kim has in this department and a bit of what I have as well. And I'm going to real quick reply to one person who's having a hard time getting on the, oh, no. on the thing. Twitter spaces are weird because they're phone-based. Mm -hmm. I guess when we talk about free, we, we might not be talking about open source. We might be talking about open source. Mm -hmm. For the spirit of this, I, I think it's an important component of that. Open source products are free products and should be made publicly available, be made free. There's other things you can monetize free. You can monetize lead magnets and, and all kinds of things. But I think we're going to try to focus, I guess, on free code, free 
stuff, but there's a few aspects of that that we'll, we'll dig into. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I think, especially the way that in WordPress, you can monetize a lot of free things. You can monetize content. And I mean, mm-hmm. memberships at the end of the day are also things that can be offered for free and then monetized in different ways. So there's a lot of different ways that we can handle those things. But I feel like a lot of folks here who would come in would be monetizing their code in one form or another. And Kim, you and Jason have had an interesting journey with your code with Paid Memberships Pro in terms of different ways that you've monetized it over the years. Do you want to give just a little bit of a background overview of uh, sure, sure, sure. what you all so have done? Our in plugin is open source. All of our add-ons and extensions are open source. Um, they're all available on GitHub. We have a few of them released in the .org repository in, in their complete form, including Paid Memberships Pro, which gets confusing because then talking about naming things, people don't. People think that the version in .org is like a, a, a stub version, a partial version, an incomplete version, but it is the whole version of the plugin available in that space. Pricing models, we've tried so many for this for this plugin over the years. We, we had like a a month plan really early on. We had a $39 a month plan really early on. But the way that we kind of settled into was dividing our add-ons to the ones that were more technical, the ones that we knew would require support. And even though they were open source, separating them in a a thoughtful way so that there was a price tag attached to the ones that we knew would would cost us incremental money to support and, and to help these people build businesses on. So right now we're monetized at a kind of groups of extensions, packages type model. We don't do a la carte, shopping cart style of extensions, the way that the WooCommerce extension store is modeled. Um, So we have um, three tiers of membership that group add-ons and group number of activations for those add-ons. That's one thing that I've always admired, the way you have been very experimental with the monetization, or I wouldn't call it experimental, but you've done several different things than than a lot of other folks. Most other folks are are pretty traditional. It's like, I'm going to do a free version and a pro version, or I'm going to do a a free version and some add-ons, but you all have tried several different things. Like, what, what do you think... Like, honestly, the the monthly option just sounds so enticing, especially because it works so well in the SaaS space. Do you, can you talk a little bit about why you feel like that did or didn't work? Yeah, definitely. So even this is great advice for membership sites in general and monetizing anything, but we talk a lot about pricing, matching value delivered. And for us, for a monthly payment, you have to justify value on a monthly, Mm -hmm. which makes a lot of sense for like a email marketing tool. Let's say I send 10 emails a month. I have 50 sequences. I see and recognize that value on a monthly basis for software. A lot of the initial value is kind of get up and running, get the support you need to unblock things that you were banging your head against a wall, getting your theme to respect some kind of appearance. You were struggling to get another plugin to recognize a membership level and to protect access for something. So for us, yearly pricing makes most sense because a lot of that value is that first three months when they sign up and they start using it. Big price tag, yes, to get started, but we kind of devote the most of our team's energy into that initial period. When we were priced monthly, if people didn't have a support query on month four, with open source software there, is this going to stop working when I stop paying you? No, no, we're not like some companies in WordPress. We won't do that to you. Oh, then why am I keeping on paying you? Why do I have to keep paying you? And the answer to that is very, but at a year's based reflection, even if you get a lot of support in the first few months, you get up and running when that renewal comes around, 
you reflect on your business's performance as a year. You say, how crucial is it, these add-ons I'm using, access to the support team that I'm using, and it, it validates itself in a grander scale. Yep, absolutely. That's great insight. I really, I really love that. Do you want to talk a little about the MWP's pricing model and some experiments you've run and kind of how you've arrived at the pricing you exist in today? Yeah, exactly. We, the only types of real experimentation we did in the past was we did have a bunch of different products early on that we had before GiveWP. And this will come in later in one of our future topics where how do you sunset products that aren't doing doing so well? We'll talk a bit about that more at that stage. But we did have a pro-only um, plugin for a long time. That depended a ton on gaining the right traffic and getting referral traffic from qualified sources, things like that. But with Give, when we launched it, the whole idea of GiveWP is it's a donation platform, and we wanted to make sure that it was full-featured out of the box. So anybody could start doing serious fundraising with the free plugin. Um, it, that's to me, in my mind, when it comes to a freemium product, that's, that's like step one, make sure that it act, the free version actually does something valuable in one form or another. And then we wanted to do similar to WooCommerce with a add-on model where the more advanced features are things that you would end up paying for. Uh, this is also something that Pippin Williamson, who who founded uh, EDD, uh, Easy Digital Downloads, that he uh, did and he pioneered it in, in a lot of ways with uh, just being very public about the way he does his monetization and doing these annual reports that were really transparent and inspiring, honestly. One thing that I always thought was really interesting about the way he did that as well is is all of his extensions, I think all of them, at one time or another, all of them were actually available to download from GitHub directly. And they so they weren't even behind like a, a paywall if you didn't want to. Like you could get any of the EDD extensions whenever you wanted. So what that then reinforced was what are you actually paying for? In many ways, what you're paying for is access to, to, the, to the team and also the ability to just have those add-ons be updated automatically whenever they shift updates out. Because if you just download it from GitHub, it's not connected to licensing in any way. You'd have to be updating that manually all the time. So updates and and access to the team or support tends to be kind of the monetization model where our freemium add-on model where what you're getting is the value of interacting with the team. So because of that, for me, it was really, really important that our support was just like next, like the top of the line support. From day one, I really emphasized that if you're going to get support from us, it's going to be awesome and it's going to be excellent. And I wanted to make sure that the free version of support that you get was also awesome and excellent. The only real major difference between the way we do free support is, of course, we cannot provide free support for any of the add-ons. And honestly, the first response time is what I would call it, is a little bit longer on the free support side. When you submit an issue on wordpress.org for GiveWP, you might be waiting maybe up to like four hours, five hours, six hours maybe before you get your first response. That's not ideal, but you are going to get a response. It is going to be actionable and we are going to resolve your issue. On the paid side, once you become a customer, our response times go down drastically. Sometimes you can get a response in 15 minutes or less. 
Um, and we're always aiming to, to resolve it as within the same business day as much as possible. So that's that's kind of the way in which we landed on. The other thing that we ended up having to wrestle with a lot is just the pricing of individual add-ons. At this stage of the game, we have, I think we have 35 add-ons now with GiveWP. A lot of them are payment gateways or email marketing platforms. There's also several big function functional things like recurring donations, form field manager, things like that, that add functionality to the donation forms. Figuring out the individual pricing was has been an ongoing experiment that's been really interesting as well. So yeah, yeah, I think you brought up a really cool point, which is that pluginsin.org, if the user perceives that they're only having to pay for something because you just didn't, you couldn't figure out where to draw the line you know, and you're like, okay, like free version, pro version, the, the taste in that customer's mouth is I have to pay you for a basic feature that should have been included. And that's language. Are we here? I'm sure it's language. Everyone in this in this space feels. And, and the same goes true when you draw the line at support. They say, mm-hmm. no, I have to pay you to ask a basic question. And of course, the answer is yes, you do. Like people understand paying for people's time. Um, with open source and code, it's very hard to monetize just code itself because your your users have gotten to this place. They've gotten WordPress for free. They've gotten their theme for free. They've gotten most of your plugin for free. And all of a sudden there's this feature plugin that has 200 lines of code. And you're like, that is $247. So you've, <laughs> it's very hard to, to justify that expense because I, I don't think people are looking at the intrinsic value and you know how much it's cost us to build the software that you're already using. Like, I don't know if anyone could put a number on how much does it cost to develop and maintain WordPress since it's been introduced. Jason jokes that he has spent like millions of dollars building paid memberships pro to people. And it's actually probably true, but it's not obvious when you click install activate in the dot org in the admin of your WordPress site where that value is. Oh, absolutely. Like I have often thought about a way to quantify the value of a single point release on GiveWP just in terms of like development hours. I mean, we have a team of of five full-time developers working on GiveWP every day of the week. And when we put out a release, it's representing hundreds of commits and it's probably at least two or three weeks of work hours for all of those people. Like if you really talk about like how much value you get in just a simple one point release, it's it's kind of a lot. <laughs> oh, for sure. And I guess one other monetization, we talked about charging for packages and premium plans, ta- charging for support. Another thing you're doing and we're doing as well is creating relationships with payment gateways. Mm-hmm. You want to share a little about that, Matt? I can share what we do. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that even when it comes to deciding what's in the free plugin versus the paid one, like one, one thing we recognized immediately was like, specifically with payment gateways and nonprofits, there's dozens of, there's probably hundreds of payment gateways in the U.S. alone. And then, of course, across the world, there's more and more and more. There's no way that we would want to bake all of those payment gateways into the free plugin. It's just not reasonable for for anybody. And so it it, it does become necessary to make sure that those are add-ons. Whether they're paid or free add-ons is another question. But Payment gateways themselves, they're big, robust organizations. And in order to actually get the most out of them, oftentimes it really does take a relationship. In our free plugin, we do include PayPal and Stripe now out of the box. You're able to connect in there and, and actually and start taking donations with either one of those platforms. And of course, Stripe actually comes with a bunch of kind of sub gateways like 
Ideal is another lens gateway, and of course, Apple Pay, Google Pay, and they're even implementing a new ACA implementations. But what that has allowed us to do as well is to have a revenue share agreement with both Stripe and PayPal. And that is definitely a, a very lucrative way to monetize free plugins as well. I, I remember way back in the day, there was a WooCommerce PayPal uh, plugin extension that was on WordPress.org. And there was a lot of conversation about how he was able to get a rev share. And so he offered that for free all the time. And he was able to make a living off of just that one free plugin. That was already a long time ago. So what I love yeah. about that and the way we look at that is we're not taking money from people per se, but we're aligning our business's goals to yours. So we're saying if you grow your revenue in your membership site and we keep building free software for you to use and you keep making more money, like, aren't we all happy? Like we make more money when you make more money. That that kind of alignment is kind of magical in business and important mm-hmm. to focus on. So we also have a, a revenue agreement, revenue share agreement with a few gateways and trying to expand that more into those regional gateways, South African specific gateways, or there's Nigerian specific gateways. And it's just based on the rules and and laws and and protections in those locations. Yeah, absolutely. And it is actually really challenging to be able to not just support gateways in lots of different countries, but often you even have to like learn a lot about tax laws in different countries and things like that. So it can get a bit complicated, which at that level of complication, it also incurs a bit of cost as well. So that's also a lot of the justification for the way in which we have to make sure to be monetizing things smartly. So do you want to talk a little about like we, one of these talking points we have in our doc is kind of what are we giving away for free here? We've talked at the beginning briefly about code, but Content and access to different things is also a unique way, maybe not so much to monetize free, but also as a product to give yourself a, a pathway to a relationship with your users. Because the people using your plugin and .org, we have over 100,000 installs. I don't have 100,000 email addresses. Mm-hmm. I don't have relationships. I don't have a way to communicate with these people besides notifications in my plugin, which everyone gets in a stink about, which I get, and other ways. So like, what are these other things that you can do as a free plugin to create relationships that you can eventually convert to paying relationships. Mm, Yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Oh, just something we've always done and something I have shared with other product shops is we put our documentation behind a free membership. And -hmm. I don't see a lot of people doing it. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting to me because it's been a huge opportunity for us. And we get very little, if any, pushback from the free users of our product. You might have an email list sign up. You're like, oh, subscribe to our blog, get our emails. Great. But what they probably really want is just to know how to set it up, to know how to use the thing, to download the course or the PDF about using your tool. And an email address in exchange for that is a small ask. We -hmm. ask for their site URL. We ask them to profile their membership site and tell us what type of membership site they're building and what kind of general topic they're building on. These are things that WooCommerce captures in their install wizard, of course. So they mm-hmm. have kind of a built-in way that they're doing it. We're doing it on the membership site side on our on our website. But it's allowed us to have, I think, a larger, a closer relationship to all of our users than some plugins with similar install counts. Absolutely. I'm certain that as you've mentioned that to other product shops, they have said, oh, but what about all the SEO you get from public documentation? What's your take on that? So we have kind of a dual section. So all of our documentation can be indexed by Google. The excerpts are indexed by Google. The meta descriptions are indexed by Google. So there's still, we're getting some SEO benefit to all of that. 
It's mm-hmm. just everything kind of below the more tag, at least in, in paid memberships pro and, and how we restrict our documentation. So it's still getting indexed and it's still searchable by search. It's not the full content, but at the same time, I think what we expose is enough. We expose maybe like 500 to 700 characters of, of each documentation piece. So, I mean, I see documentation sites, they're not even on your main domain. They're like help scout docs and all those things. So yes, you're getting some search result, but you know, just do content marketing in a strategic way and, and use your documentation as the carrot. Yeah, absolutely. It is really fascinating. I mean, I, at this stage of the game, I know that if, if I were to just like put the give WP doc, behind, <laughs> uh, an email tomorrow, like we would definitely get some outcry. <laughs> yeah. We um, one, I think recently we had one person email and I wrote them like way too much information back. Cause I was like, Hey, like, here's how we, how, how we thought about this because to that user, it felt like, you know, I have no business knowledge at all. And, and I've just twiddled my thumbs for 11 years, but I'm like, here, here's the actual strategy behind this tactic. What do you think? You know, <laughs> no, no response. <laughs> yeah, no, that's awesome. That's amazing. I mean, I definitely think sometimes responses like that are, do definitely come from this very thin exposure to who the people behind the brand actually are. So yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, that's great. I'm the, generally speaking, we do try to put a lot of value into our email marketing specifically, and that that is pretty traditional route overall. We are actually just recently launched a new thing called the Give WP Fundraising Academy, and that one is definitely membership based. We have now four courses up on on the site where you can sign up for free to go through and learn more about different aspects of fundraising and products. We have it's a co-sponsored effort as well. There's a double the donation is a really cool organization that allows you to do corporate matching on your donation forms. Um, and they have written a course about corporate matching. And that's one way that we have been um, also trying to get uh, more relationship with our free users as much as possible. And that is like for for freemium products, trying to increase that uh, ratio between free users and emails is kind of like a really, a really big nut to crack. Do you have other tactics? I, I was going to ask, is that for? living on the same GiveWP domain or did you get like an agnostic domain to host that at? I'm curious about this because it's something oh. we'd like to try also. Yeah, it's learn.givewp.com. Yeah, I, I think that's like another one of those aligning your business goals to your users' goals, because how much they understand the concept of what they're doing, how much you can help guide them to best practices, avoid places where they'll shoot themselves in the foot, that creates longevity for their business. And that means they'll keep renewing or they'll keep using your product and you'll keep getting that revenue share from the gateway. So I think a lot of WordPress product shops do this. They kind of knowledge share about what they're building because you're such an authority on it. Like there's no one else I would go to if I was thinking of starting a donation campaign than you, than your team. So to publish this kind of business 101 content for those people is like super intelligent. Yeah, I mean, we interact with thousands of nonprofit organizations every year. I mean, we're not like on the board of these organizations. We're not actually doing the physical fundraising, but we talk with them and we see their their fundraising campaigns. They talk with us about them. They, they ask us questions about how to optimize them. We, we actually have a... 30-minute fundraising website audit that we offer to every single plus plus plan uh, customer and hire. And we give them the opportunity to meet with our team and, and we audit their website and we give them tips on how they can improve their fundraising. 
I mean, overall, in terms of the way that we try to meet their needs is not only at the product level, but it's at the benefit level. Like, what? why do you want GiveWP? It's in order to fundraise. So the more that we can actually talk with them about fundraising and successful fundraising and best practices, the more value they're going to find in our plugin as well. Because all of that insight that we have is going into how we build the product out all the time as well. So I, I totally agree with you. It's a really yeah. good point. That makes it almost feel natural. And I'll, I'll bring this up. It's not something we're ready to try, but it's something I've seen, which is monetizing free plugins with paid services. So rather mm -hmm. than say, you need a license key for this, or here's this extension, let's say you have a pretty straightforward ConvertKit plugin. I've seen free being being monetized by will handle your email marketing for you because services is a natural thing to pay. Even with Paid Memberships Pro, we have opportunities to have like setup plans or migration plans or membership list import plans. We have opportunities for advanced reporting as a SaaS, like give us all your big data, we'll crunch it on the right servers, we'll create the insights for you. Is that something you've tried or, or you've seen be successful for other product shops? Yeah, in terms of, I mean, the, the way folks always talk about it is mixing product and service is so challenging and so difficult. And honestly, every time that I've seen folks really start to head in that direction, it never seems to really pan out super well. The only, like, only one that I've seen do it more or less successfully was Modern Tribe. Um, that had a really, really strong agency that was that's really nationally well known, and also were the owners and builders of uh, the events calendar. And that whole company now is uh, with Stellar WP now. And they, they, I, I believe that a lot of their success in being able to do both and like services and uh, product was essentially due to having a large team that was able to be more or less managed uh, half and half in many ways. They're, they're one of them. And I, I will say that like our, the 30 minute audit that I mentioned before, we honestly launched it. It's definitely a pro, it's definitely a value add to our customers who end up buying a plan. But we also wanted to test like how many of the customers actually want to have this 30 minute fundraising website audit. And we are seeing that it is picking up a little bit and we're, we're, experimenting with the idea of offering that audit as a standalone product. Um, mm. Now, what, what would that look like? Like, are we actually like offering services? Yes, technically it is a service, but I, I mean, I might argue it's like a productized service in many ways, but yeah, I don't know. It's, I think it's a hairy subject, but it, it can be, it can be good. Do you have examples yeah. of folks that have done it? I don't. I think a lot of us left services to go into product for a reason. And, and the distance is making us like remember it fondly. And we have to kind of think back to, to Kim in 2008 and say, no, no, don't, don't do this. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's more often the skills that I used to build the team we have now aren't necessarily the same skills that I'd need to nurture a team of developers that do services because support tickets is, is a way that people interface with customers. But I think services like this are a lot more personal and I, it just takes a different kind of team member and, and team to, to do all of that. So scary. I like the idea of a service. Um, like a processing service on top of a plugin. So I don't know the name. There's a WooCommerce plugin, a team member of ours, Patrick uh, mentioned, but it did like insights and data process of the store. So it kind of connected to your WooCommerce store through the API, looked at your data and, and did more than your host could just provide and gave you kind of an advanced dashboard of things. I think those kinds of, it would be like a SaaS, I guess, on top of a plugin. 
But mm-hmm. I think that might be the nature where some premium products go. Oh, there's a membership mm-hmm. plugin that's doing this and I'll mm-hmm. figure out who they are. But well, actually, that reminds me. Another good example is Amber Hines with Accessibility Checker, I believe. is. I, I yeah. need to remember the name of her pro- plugin. Is that the, the right one? Right. It, I think it's Accessibility Checker. And they all definitely also use that kind of as an in towards their agency services. Yes. So, I think that makes a lot of sense there as well, because, I mean, accessibility itself is something that definitely requires services often. It's not just that you just like check out your website, whether it's accessible or not, and go, oh, I guess I got a C minus, and then you just leave it there. You yeah. you want to check it out in order to fix it, and there's no plugin that can really fix that kind of stuff. So, it's almost um, the same with what you were talking about with the, the audit that you would perform. It's natural that then the results of the audit are programmed by someone if they are programming or designed by someone and implemented yeah. by someone. So there is like a natural path between an audit type product and the services that that stem from it. Yeah, I, th- I think the key to that is definitely focusing on the benefit of the product. Like we like our selfish interest is that when folks buy GiveWP, we want to make sure that they have success with our product. Um, and so giving us the opportunity to follow up with them and say, oh, I see that you have the free plugin installed and you bought a plan, but you're missing some of these really awesome add-ons that would really amplify your fundraising. Like that helps us to really show them the breadth of everything that we can do for them from a product perspective. So, yeah, I love that. We're coming up on um, time. We said we'd stick to like 40. Yeah, exactly. We talk for all day. I know that was another reason why I reached out to you because like every time we talk, I feel like we can talk for for a really long time. The last thing, last little bullet point we had was just talking about some marketing tactics. So do you, in terms of like promoting the monetization of your free product, do you have like a one quick little tip or? Yeah, I would say um, if there's, if, if you have extensions or pro features and we don't do the pro features thing, but we do have extensions. We have places within our plugins admin where those features would be turned on that we put a link and we say like, you can have more flexible trial periods with this extension. You can customize discount codes and have group discount codes for like Groupon events using this extension. So creating ways where they're already kind of looking at the feature and it might be on their mind to link back to that premium extension, I think is like a super cool marketing tactic. Absolutely. That's a good one. I think I'll I'll expand on that too, because as much as you can do in the plugin itself to help promote the free, the the paid options, the better with the caveat that you don't want to be obnoxious. Just just to say everyone (laughs) understand we're not, I'm not trying to promote like big pop-up modals or whatever, but the one that I would add to that is documentation. I actually are, I know that Kim has the membership aspect of documentation. (laughs) Our documentation is public currently, and we have links to our, our documentation throughout the whole plugin because it's like, oh, I mean, it's like that clippy idea. I see that you're trying to do something with your form fields. Do you want to learn more about form fields? And they click on it and it goes to our documentation on managing form fields. And on that page, you learn all about what the free plugin does. But there's definitely some call to actions to purchase like a form field manager. Um, yeah. or any of our or any of our plans because in many ways the the best way to make sure that the free plugin is working for you is just trying to get folks from their website over onto your website once you get them onto your website ideally the website should do its work and get you some conversions eventually if not immediately then at least three or four weeks down the road so 
Yeah, I like that for sure. We also do send notifications through our plugin admin. We only send them to our plugins pages, which I highly recommend. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Other people put their notifications on our pages. We can't stop that necessarily. WordPress is trying to work on this problem, but I, I think if you have some path in your free plugin to uh, look at the site type, look at how it's kind of set up, look at the settings. We have a pretty advanced logic in ours that can tell us what other plugins are you using. Even are you just using WooCommerce alongside us? We can see that in our logic and then show you special notifications. Obviously with the goal of helping you and often with the goal of getting you converted to a paid member. Excellent. Amber Hines just joined us a little bit ago. It looks like her ears must have been ringing. We were talking about the way that you have product and services on your side of things, Amber. We have just run out of time, but otherwise I would have just like said, Amber, tell us about products and services. <laughs> but uh, good to see you here. Everyone who's here, I would love it if you could help us out and just like give a quick like retweet to the space in one form or another and just say a quick thing that you thought was cool. Like whether it's that... Uh, Kim is super insightful and Matt's like a dopey fun guy. Whatever oh, you no. want to say. <laughs> say, like just help us out and promote it. And hopefully we'll see a bunch of folks here next week. Uh, next week is a little bit different time. We're going to do 10 a.m. because we have Leslie Sim with us next week. And she's in Singapore, so different time zone. And we are going to be talking, I got to pull it up, about, oh, should you build that new product? Ah, this is such a good one. I'm excited uh, to talk about that. And I actually have talked with Leslie a little bit about this. And she was like, oh, that's a perfect one for me because it pains me so much. I'm thinking about this every single day right now. Uh, so she has a lot of knowledge to bring on that one. So Kim, any last thoughts or send offs or anything you got? No, I, I appreciate that it was easy to have a conversation without looking at your face. I thought that would be <laughs> the hardest part of this and, and jumping over each other, but it worked great. And I'm excited to keep going. Awesome. Same, same. I appreciate it. Thanks, everyone. Have a good one. We'll see you next week. See you next week. Bye. Hey, listener, did you enjoy this content? If you did, support the show at buymeacoffee.com slash Report. You can support the show for as little as $5 or join the Slack membership for $79 a year at buymeacoffee.com slash Report. But that's not the only way you can contribute. If you want to contribute content to the WP Minute, we're building this platform for you to get your message out, to get your content out. Fancy yourself a WordPress podcaster, blogger, but don't want to spin up your own instance yet? Head on over to the WP Minute dot com slash contact let us know you want to jump in and help us create content you'll get a free membership okay see you in the next episode